0: So the fear of comparison is a relentless force that often clouds our self-worth and prevents us from embracing, watch this, the unique journey that God has set before you. There is a unique journey. Your journey is different than the one he has planned for me and purposed for me, we'll be talking about that today, but this type of insecurity arises when individuals constantly measure themselves against others, amen, this leads to feelings of inadequacy, this leads to feelings of low self-esteem, this leads to feelings of anxiety. And every single one of us can be overly preoccupied with how we stack up against others in various aspects of life. We see all of this information out there on the information highway we call the World Wide Web or the Internet, right? We see all this information and we look at this information and we see better husbands and we see better fathers and we see better role models and we see better Jordans and we see better Boots and we see better jeans and we see better shoes and we see all of these things and it brings us into this space of comparison. But I'm here to remind you this morning, point number one, that each and every one of us that we are God's masterpiece. Somebody say a good amen right here. And you might need to say it like this I am God's masterpiece. He's purposed my life. God has a mission for me. And we are made in the image of the Almighty God. And again, each of us has a unique work of outstanding artistry. Amen. In Genesis chapter 1, the scripture says this in verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. God is speaking to God the Father, God the Son, And God, the Holy Spirit, and he said, let us make mankind in our image. We want them to be like us and love like us and look like us in every aspects of their life. And it says this, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Watch this. That God said, He said it to the Trinity. Now they begin to do it. It says, so God created human beings in His own image. And in the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. So I want you to see something here. If you were to go back and read the creation story... In regards to that, the end of si- of day six breaks the pattern. The end of day six breaks the pattern because until this point, God spoke and it was created. God spoke and it came into existence. God spoke and it came into being. But here, God demonstrates his creative genius with this crowning achievement when he said, let us make mankind in our image. Let us do that with our hands, with our ability. And scripture says that God formed the man from the dust of the ground. And until he breathed the breath of life into the man, God had created this individual, created this person, and created this being. Somebody say, praise God. And so he said, let us make human beings in our image. And so we were to visibly mirror God's spiritual nature. And according to our likeness, we are visibly to mirror God's functional actions. And as I I already stated this, but let us is a hint of the Trinity where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit agreed together to make the first human family. And that family was supposed to reflect truths about God. Your family is supposed to reflect truths about God. Somebody say an amen right there. And I love this because scripture's teaching us something very very powerful right here. Very powerful. That just like the Trinity, humanity has unity in diversity. We have unity in diversity. Huh? Pastor Mike, does the Bible talk about living in unity? Yes, it does. In every aspect of, it, uh, uh, of its being, every aspect of its nature. And like the Trinity, in, in, verse, in verse 27, when God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they created humans in the image of God, so every human reflects the unity of God. Am I making sense? And then scripture teaches us, he created them male. He created them female. So our differences also reflect the diversity of the Trinity as well. Since we were were designed to accurately represent the creator. Amen. So ladies, you have a nurturing role about you, a nurturing space about you. God the Father must have a, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus uh, Jesus Christ the Son, God the Holy Spirit has a nurturing nature about them. A merciful nature, a gracious nature, but also we've got justice in there. Come on, dads. Hey, you will take out the trash, and you'll do it on my watch, son, right? So we've got rule, and we've got order, but there's love and mercy, and there's grace in that space. And this also, as this accurately represents the Creator, this also lays the groundwork. This is really important for upholding the importance of heterosexual marriage as the foundation of the family in fulfilling God's kingdom agenda in history. Why, Pastor Mike? Well, because God created man with a threefold purpose a threefold purpose. Number one, to represent God's person and image. Number two, To rule on God's behalf and number three to reproduce God's presence throughout the earth he gave us mission he gave us purpose and these purposes are only accomplished when his people maintain fellowship with him submit to his will as he governs the world in which he has placed us and the more Watch this, the more we image bearers reproduce and fill the earth, the more God's image goes out, the more his love goes out, the more his grace goes out, the more his mercy goes out, the more his compassion goes out. Am I making sense? Amen. Just as God handed over responsibility to the sun so that it would shine for God when God said, I need you to shine. God handed over responsibility to us so that we would govern and rule and steward this world for Him. This is God's world, but He put us in it. He put it in our hands and He said, let them rule. Let them do what I've asked them to do. And notably, God's promise of blessing followed man's fulfillment of this dominion mandate. People want the blessings of God without walking in the purposes of God. Can I say it like that? Am, am I making sense? We want all of God's blessings without all of God's rules, without all of God's parameters, without all of God's uh, borders and guardrails. Amen. And this, and in this space, failure to do that robs mankind of the experience of God's favor. God's favor, God's blessing over our lives. And we've also got to give note, this is really important, pay attention right here, that although we're given authority to rule over creation, that does not include ruling over other people. Amen? Never, never, never did God say, hey, you will step on other individuals so you can get to the top. It's never been his issue. That's never been the issue of God or the purpose of God. And I want to remind you this morning that as God's masterpiece, our worth is not determined by how we measure up to others, but by the divine image that we bear. Amen? I'm a very, very expensive bit of dirt, according to Scripture. Very, very expensive piece of dirt, okay? Alright, that's exactly, God created us, he formed us from the dust of the ground. That's what scripture says. Anyways, let's move on. Point number two. We are remarkably and wondrously made. In Psalm 139 and verse 14, the scripture says it like this. I praise you God for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very Well, God's works are marvelous. I am purposed of God. That's what the writer is saying. And that I know very well. I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully made. I praise you because I'm wonderfully made. And that I know very well. Come on, somebody. We're talking about life. We're talking about love. We're talking about the purposes of Almighty God. Amen. And I realized this morning, I may be a little more fearfully than I am wonderfully made. Come on, somebody. You know anybody like it? Don't look to your left or to your right. Keep it right here, okay? Keep it right here dialed in. Don't get in trouble. But I know I'm a little more fearfully than I am wonderfully made. But I realize something that God has designed us individually with care. He's designed us individually with mission. We are not products of evolution. We are not here by chance. You are a work of art that God has literally formed together by hand in the seclusion of your mother's womb, Scripture says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are formed of God. And no matter the circumstances surrounding your conception, no matter your ethnicity or your gender, your existence is intentional. I'm a masterpiece of God. God has called me, He's purposed my life, He's built me on purpose. Amen? You're not a mistake. You are created in the image of God with intrinsic purpose and great meaning. And this truth, This truth is to be the foundation for a person's self-worth and a person's self-esteem. Amen? Don't look to culture. Don't look to the world. Don't look to the next label and the next people here and the next people there. Don't look to Hollywood. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. Look to the image bearer of Almighty God who made you, who formed you, who blueprinted your life. Amen? We're not meant to be clones of others. But we are to shine as the remarkable product of ingenuity that we are. Oh, is it that good right there? This, This amazing product that God has made. When I have a problem, I look to the maker, the creator, the engineer, the designer. Come on, somebody. I know there's a lot of us guys out there when building something. We don't look to the directions. Only the ladies laugh right there. The guy's like, what you talking about? What's all these screws? There's a couple of pipes left. There's a couple of pieces. I wonder, I guess these are just extra. And you're going to have to buy an extra if you don't look at the directions. Come on, somebody. Amen. So paying attention to that. So we're to look to the maker, the creator, the designer of all things. And watch this. This is so good right here. We live our lives in constant comparison. Instead of constant confidence of who God has made us to be. I'm constantly comparing myself instead of walking in the confidence of God. Walking in the purposes of God. Created by God Almighty with a plan and a design. I've come to a very real understanding in this life and it's made me realize what I am not. I am not Moses. Amen. I don't have the wisdom or the patience of a Moses. I'm not Joshua. I don't have the strength or the grit or the fight or the overwhelming courage of a Joshua. Come on. I'm not Esther. I don't have the fearlessness and the godly wisdom that she possessed as she saved her people from a plot to annihilate them. And I am not Abraham. I do not have the faith of an Abraham who now, because of his obedience, has adopted in every child of God as many, Scripture says, as grains of sand on the seashore. People of God. Children of God. Amen. But I am called of God. But I am commissioned of God. But I am created by God. And God will use my surrendered heart for his mighty purposes. God, what is it that you need me to do? What is it, God, that you need me to work on? What is it, God, that you need me to fix? Come on, somebody. I'm a child of God. Amen. I'm a child of an omniscient God, which means God is all-knowing. God knows. The scripture says the plans he has for me, plans to prosper me, plans to encourage me, plans to shape me into the destiny and the purpose that he has for my life. He's got a plan for me. See, the Holy Spirit knows. he, He knows when the, I messed up my sign here. Come on. It's bothering me bad. Is it look is it did I get it? Thank you. The Holy Spirit knows. He knows when the devil has worked to deceive me. He knows the lies that I'll pay attention to. Nobody else ever even said that to me. But I'll hear it online or I'll hear somebody I'll hear somebody say it in a video. And all of a sudden, the devil will plant that lying seed into my heart and into my life and into, into my mind. And it begins to gear itself. Come on, somebody. Amen. And he knows when when the devil's working to try to deceive me and destroy me. And God, the scripture says, will raise up a standard against him. Therefore, I need to go ahead and raise up a standard of praise. I need to go ahead and raise up a standard of worship. I need to go ahead and raise up a standard, an, an arsenal of giving, an arsenal of serving, an arsenal of loving. Come on, somebody. I remember and I know that I'm a child of the omnipresent God. Which means that God is present everywhere and at all times. Which reminds me that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me is going to fall. The scripture says, watch this, I love this part. He says that every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, he will condemn. Do you see that that's what it says on on scripture it says that god will condemn it and, and matthew chapter 6 verse 8 i'm reminded that my father knows the things i have need of before i even ask him he sees my list huh how deficient that i may be or insufficient i may be and he says i got that i'm the author and the finisher of your faith and finally I'm the child of an omnipotent God, which means God is all-powerful. Our God, here's what I wrote down. My, my grandson, he's, he's, he's five years old. He's five years old. And it, it could be 8 o'clock at night, 8.30 at night, 9, 10 p.m. It doesn't matter what, what time it is. We're, we're getting ready for bed, whatever the situation. He's got, he comes in. He puts his hands together just like that, Brandon. He says, you guys, is it time for our midnight snack? Bro, it's 8.30. We just ate dinner. Yeah, but is it time? Like, I go to bed every night with the midnight snack. This is parents' fault, okay? But on my watch now, it's my issue. What, did, we, did we schedule, did we plan for, here's what he does, a midnight snack. He's smiling real big. Listen, I, I put this in my notes. Our God eats impossibilities for midnight snacks. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> God eats impossibilities for midnight snacks. He he says he's an ever-present help even in times of struggle because my God is bigger and my God is wiser and my God is bolder and my God is more courageous than any lie of the enemy. And I love what Jeremiah said in in chapter 32 and verse 17 right there in the scripture. He said, God said, I am the Lord, the God of all peoples of the world. Are Are you looking at it? He says, is anything too hard for me? Is there anything that is too hard for me? And I don't know about you, but just like Jeremiah, I got a very high view of God's greatness. I got a very high view of God's provision. I affirm His mighty works. I affirm His glorious deeds. I affirm His sovereignty in and over and through my life because I'm surrendered to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Point number three. Gifted. Differently, come on, somebody, gifted differently. I remember out in the state of Cal- uh, the state of California, we had a we had a potluck dinner. We generally did it this way. Somebody say this way, this way. Amen. And then some Hispanic family showed up, started bringing salsa. Come on, tamales, huh? Red beans and rice? Come on, somebody. Enchiladas? Pastor Mike, are you speaking Spanish? No, man, that's just their food. Come on, somebody. I'm just just talking about their food. And it was muy bien. And we thought to ourselves, this is what heaven looks like. Huh? Some other families showed up and they brought cornbread and greens. Huh? Ham, hocks, and beans. And we thought to ourselves, we don't generally do it this way. But this is the way God has. There's unity in diversity. There's unity in diversity. Come on, somebody help me preach. Pastor Mike, go ahead and prove it. I thought you wouldn't ask. Put it in my notes anyways. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are the source. Do you, are, you, are you looking at it? He's the source of them all. Amen. Just because it's different doesn't make it wrong. Hello? Hello? Can you hear what I'm saying to you? And God gives us different gifts, the same Spirit. He's the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. And God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Somebody give Him a hand, clap of praise. Amen. If it was just about one way, all of us would go to that pool of Bethesda. And we would sit and wait. Wait. For Jesus to show up, right? All of us would go to that space where wherever that blind man was and Jesus told him. He, the, the scripture says he spit in the mud and made mud balls and put it in his eyes. Okay? At, disgusting. Okay? I'm just going to say disgusting. All right? Right? But we think about these things. Or, or, you know, or, or the healing of the lame man. Or the person he brought back to life, the different people. Listen, we're gifted differently. And we are a part of the diverse body of Christ. Each with unique gifts. Each with unique roles. And our differences are essential to functioning of the church and to the world. And as we begin to measure up to those around and about us, think about this. Sometimes we'll come up really short. She's skinnier than me. And she's funnier than me. And she's smarter than me so we're, we're excited about we're not excited about that space but we are excited about this one because sometimes they come out on top our house is bigger our house is fancier our house is cleaner listen to me this game of comparison is a game with no winners It's a game with no winners. Because when we don't measure up, envy and jealousy take root. Your bathroom, Shaniqua, was perfectly fine until you saw Chase and Amber's newly renovated bathroom. and Brandon and I drooled in that bathroom. Together, there's drool on the floor. But when comparison ends up in our favor then pride and arrogance can trap us. Huh? I'm breaking it all down here. Well, he could lose weight if he would just exercise like I do. I'm an hour 45 minutes a day in the gym. Come on. I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about somebody who, Pastor Mike, wouldn't you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger? I would, okay. Get to the chopper. Do it now. Okay, whatever. The governor of California. I know my accent's terrible, but I'm going to use it, okay? But ugliest of all, I know comparison traps us and tricks us into delighting into the misfortune of others. Oh, Pastor Mike, I would never do that. I mean, you ever been just a little bit happy to hear about a friend's breakup? Oh, so you're with me. She deserves it. Huh? Have you ever been really a a little too excited about that friend of yours that got passed over on her job promotion? Huh? Said, I'm glad they got passed over. I couldn't work with that jerk. Come on, somebody. That might not be how you state it, but that's how I would have. Comparison brings envy. Brings jealousy. It brings pride or arrogance. That's what scripture teaches us. And it leads us to make unwise financial decisions around and about us to keep up. We used to say it back in the day, to keep up with the Joneses. Oh, you all still say that? Okay, all right. Okay. I thought that was a back in the... We say it like this in our day. Keeping up with the Joneses. Comparison stains our friendships. Comparison stains our friendships with gossip and striving. Look at James chapter 3. Look at James chapter 3 verse 16. This is so powerful. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there, you see it? There you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So just because you, you might see that on the surface, I would pay attention to what's under, what's under that surface. Come on, somebody. Do you see what I'm saying? When you see the jealousy and you see the contention And you see the ambition, come on somebody, amen. And you may feel this morning, even sitting under the sound of my voice, a little left behind. Watching your friends get married. You know, watching your your, your friends get married and celebrate. Watching your friends have children. Or move on to new jobs. The very things you may be praying for. But that comparison trap tricks us into thinking that God's blessings are in limited supply. And our God is exceedingly able to do it in your life as much as he's able to do it in mine. He has a unique plan for your life. You can trust his provision. Somebody give me an amen right there. You can trust him. And this one's harder. Oh, it's so much, oh, it's so much harder. Michael Culling, it's so much harder. You can trust God's timing. You can trust his, can trust his provision. You can trust his timing. Amen. But if you're busy glancing to the left, amen, you're busy, jealous of somebody on the right of you or someone else's plan, you may miss the perfect plan that God has written just for you. Somebody give me a good amen right there. And God doesn't ask you to take your cues from those around you. He literally states in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, Nine, the latter part of that verse, he says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined or thought or is dreaming or is, a, is planning what God has prepared for those who love him. Why don't you get on page with God and watch what God will do in your heart. Watch what he'll do in your marriage. Watch what he'll do in your life and in your career. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. Can you do it? And finally, our last point this morning, seeking God's approval. Seeking God's approval. Scripture teaches us that God is holy, so I ought to want my life to be holy. That's a standard, listen to me, that's a standard of perfection that I'll never be able to live up to. But I'm going to strive my life to do so. Amen? Amen? And Jesus Christ and Him crucified makes that possible, amen, for, to me, for me to even stand in His presence and to stand in His power and in His strength. But as I'm seeking God's approval, I ought to be asking myself, is this what God would do? Is this the way God would, would expose Himself to this space? Is this, is this how God would handle this situation with His coworker? Is this how God would handle this situation with that driver who's on the highway, who's driving crazy and erratic? Is this how God would handle this situation? Amen. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Paul said, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Amen. Because I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to fail. I'm going to have frustrations and insecurities. This fear of comparison often leads us to seek human approval. And I found something this week in Scripture. It's so powerful. I've been waiting all week to share it with you. All, you don't even know how this feels. You, I'm not trying to criticize you, but it, you, God will give you a revelation. He'll say something to you, and you're just, man, you just can't wait to unload it, okay? Okay? Amen. It's it's a it's it's an exciting thing, but it's kind of a it's kind of a dump truck load, okay, of weight that you're carrying. Like I got, I got to get this to our Hope City Church family. I got to let them know this, okay? So I, I want you to I want you to be excited about it, okay? As I as I was excited, alright. But we should be focusing on pleasing God and serving Christ faithfully. I'm gonna get there. Give me just a few moments, okay? Comparison is this heavy burden that we bear. But the scriptures remind us of our inherent worth in the eyes of God. Look to Him for your cues. Look to Him for your standard. Look to Him for your purpose. Amen. And let each and every one of us this morning embrace our distinct journey. And our purpose in Christ. May we remember that God's love for us is immeasurable. And our value, this is so powerful, is not defined by how we compare to others. But how we live out His plan for our lives. How I live out His plan for my life. How I live out that space that He's called me to walk in. Amen. That's the standard that He's going to judge me by. When I get to that place called heaven. My actions, the scripture says every action, every word, every deed. Amen. I'm focused on that. I'm trying to pay attention to that. And here it is. Here it is. Hebrews chapter 13, the latter part of verse 5. For God has said. God said it. I will never leave you. I will, excuse me, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Do you see that? Now verse 6, God has said, verse 6, so we can say. Did you catch it? God has said it, so now I can say it with what? With confidence. I can say it with boldness. I can say it with clarity. The Lord is my helper. I'll have no fear. What could mere people do unto me? God has said it so I can say God said I'm never going to leave you I'm never going to fail you I'm not going to desert you I'm not going to walk out on you come on somebody Amen. so now I can say with confidence God is my helper God is my strength God is my source Amen. God has said it so I can boldly say it God says something so I can say something Amen what's God say? He says He'll never leave you What's God say? He'll never forsake you. Amen? And as a result, I can say the Lord is my helper. I can say it with confidence God's my helper. God's got my back. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. He's got a vision for my life. I'm not going to live in that comparison trap. I'm going to walk in the confidence of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me all over the building this morning? What are you facing? today you might be facing some impossibilities as our prayer team comes this morning you might be facing some impossibilities and you showed up here (laughs) in an impossible situation and I think a lot of times we show up just in faith you know I don't have the answers but i got to put my faith to work. And I need some help here. And I bet God has an answer for me. I remember, I still do it. Every church service I ever go to, I bring my notes, I bring my Bible. I'm planning because I need a word from God for me. Amen? I need God to say something to me. I need God to speak something. I need God to do something in me. Just like he's doing a work in your heart, he's doing a work in your life, he's doing a work in your pastor's life. He's wrecking me out sometimes. Come on, somebody. Amen. I was thinking about how Brandon got all those bumps and bruises all around, all around his truck. And he looked, his truck looks like something, man. I'll tell you. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful truck, okay, when it came off the showroom floor. Then Brandon got a hold of it. Huh? Amen. But he's fixed it here and there and put it back together. Listen. God's putting our lives back together, piece by piece, moment by moment. We're dinged up, scratched up, beat up from the floor up. Come on. Amen. Tore up a little bit here and there. God's putting us back together. And it's in those scars that we're able to testify about what he's going to do in the lives of those around and about us. You say, Pastor Mike, I'm dealing with some impossible situations this morning. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed for just a moment. Pastor, I'm dealing with some impossible situations right now. I'm dealing with some impossible circumstances in my life. And I want God to move this morning in my life. I need God to speak a word to my heart, to speak a word to my life. If that's you this morning, can I just see your hand? Just slip your hand up. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young lady. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. God bless you, young lady. Hold that hand up just for one more moment. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, young lady. I want you to take one more step of faith. Would you do it? You might say, Pastor Mike, I just want to come and pray. I don't need anybody to to lay hands on me. We want you to have that place and that space. I love the altar area. You guys know this about me. I love the altars. I love to be able to just go into the altars. I don't have to have anybody pray for me. I just want to worship and sing to God and just grow in my relationship with God, all right? I'm going to make a new space right over here, right over here by this, right over here. You can come wherever you want, but I'm not not criticizing anything, but if you don't, hey, I don't need anybody to pray for me. I just want to grow my relationship with God. I want you to come on this far right over here. Just come over here on my far right, your left, okay? And just, hey, you can you have a place to worship right there. You can have a place to lift up the name of Jesus, a place to sing and get loud, okay, as we worship together. But if you need God to do something, you want God to do something in your heart. You want God to do something in your life. Amen. And you, 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 you've, you've prayed that prayer. God, I'm facing some impossibilities. I want you to take one more step of faith with me and step out that we might lay hands on you and agree as touching anything. Listen, God knows what you have need of, young person. God knows what you have need of, young lady. God knows what you have need of, sir, before you ask it or think it or dream of it. And God wants to move in your heart. He wants to move in your life. Let's pray. Let's agree together. Would you come? Would you take that step of faith and come on out? We want to lay hands on you. We want to pray with you. We want to believe God with you. We want to believe God for you. Come on, let's worship for a few moments. Let's grow our relationship with God this morning. Let's trust that God is going to move in a mighty way, in a powerful way, in an impossible Way, let's let, let's choose this morning to know that our God eats impossibilities for midnight snacks. Come on, somebody, let's worship Him for just a few moments in the house this morning.